Hi guys, welcome to the Pinta Party, the podcast. We are here today with Emma Cage. She's a mental health advocate, ex-Yari, and we're going to learn much more about what she's about. And we also um, have Daisy as well. Hi, Daisy. Hi. Thank you for having me on Emma. again. <laughs> uh, you're very welcome, Daisy. I'm very happy to have you here today as well. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Emma. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we too. We yeah. want to know all about it. Uh, would you like to start telling us about your yachting background and, you know, how was all that until you come up to this idea? Um, yeah, sure. So I'm actually not an ex-yachty. I'm still a current yachty. I've got that kind of dream oh. combination. Yeah, so I'm on rotation currently on a 62-meter Lurson as crew chef, um, So, which is the perfect combination because I get to kind of keep my foot in yachting, but then on the other times that I'm not working... I run the company that I've set up called Seize the Mind, um, which is taking mental health first aid training um, to the yachting community. So there's two of us that uh, run the company. Both of us are, well, she's now an ex-yacht chef. I'm still a current yacht chef. And then we do all the mental health uh, first aid training for yachts, for yachties, um, on board, online. And then we're also trying to get some kind of systemic change to um, recognize the importance of mental health um, through the UK Chamber of Shipping, which is where my partner works. Nice. Oh, interesting. And again, um, they, you might not know, but Lursa is one of the best builds of yachts, of yachts, of yachts Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so nice. I loved work for Lur Lursons <laughs> and they were my favorite. They have the biggest crew cabins and the biggest laundries as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's such a difference, right? If you're going to be on a floating plank of wood, having that extra space to yourself like means everything. So yeah, no, I agree. Lurson is amazing. 100%. I guess what I, you know, I'm intrigued before we kind of get into, you know, how the company works and, and the importance of it and, and the message you're kind of um, trying to transpire, I guess, what, how, what brought you to that point? What made you recognize in your career or your life that um, made you be like, okay, there's, you know, a gap for this, this is important, because it is becoming, you know, recognized, like recently I had an interview for a boat, and it was a younger captain, and he, he was his first captain's position, and he was like, you know, this is a newer question, but what do you do for your mental health, and what do you, you know, how do you, will you do that for other people, yeah, I was really taken aback, I was like, oh crap, I was like, uh, I was like, I don't know, I was like, you know, and you know, obviously I, I got into it and I was like, yeah, well, I was like, what do I do? And I was like, you know, I obviously remove myself from situations. I spend a lot of, especially as a chief to you when you're a bit older, you kind of go into your cabin a bit more, spend some alone time, exercise. But um, yeah, I, w I was really taken aback that he asked me and he was like, you know, it, it is becoming recognized and important. And so I guess this is a kind of a hot topic and what made you, yeah, what led you to that point? Um. Interesting. So, like, I've heard that a couple of times. I've actually heard a few captains be asked that question in interviews now, which is really progressive. Um, one of the captains, it was post-COVID, and one of his questions for an interview was just like, if you go into lockdown, what are you going to do to look after your crew's mental health? How are you going to look after them? And I was like, wow, that's massive change. Um, change for me came way before COVID. I know that COVID has had so many, it's kind of like a a present wrapped up in sandpaper like you know it, it's it was awful what happens um but we are now talking about things like mental health how to look after ourselves how to reconnect with people what's important in life what's not important in life i think i just got there a little bit earlier because um 
I've been in yachts, I've been on yachts for like 15 years plus. And throughout that, I've had the inevitable highs, I've had the lows, uh, we've had man overboards, we've had deaths, we've had suicides, we've had accidents. Wow. I mean, it's a dangerous industry, right? Like, we know that. We know that because before we're even allowed to become yachties, we have to do our STCW, which means you have to be proficient in firefighting, you have to be proficient in sea survival and first aid. So we accept going into this like, like stuff will get real, especially when you're doing a crossing. I think there's always that silent moment where you kind of like, this is land and this is land. And like, this is fine. You'll be rescued by a helicopter, but there's this whole part well, where I you just know. That's inevitably why we do, you know, the fire prevention, the first aid is because yeah. I think people recognize you are out on your own. And you know, it's not just yachting, it's tankers and submarines and all these kind of people who need to do this because they are at sea for, you know, potentially two to three months without and yeah. yeah you call for help and they're like dude you're on your own um, yeah. and yeah I think that's important when yeah mental health obviously comes into that as well you know I need I need help I'm on the edge and you're like you're on your own you're right in, you know the middle of the ocean 100% and no one really knows like what's going to cause it I mean it could be you know it could be grief it could be a lifestyle change it just could be like you know you're on the wrong boat with, with people that are not your tribe like anything can cause it the same way as anything can cause physical um, uh, ill health I think the most important thing for me is kind of like making the the connection that we all have mental health like I think we only ever talk about it in the old school, like, oh, when someone's like, you know, when someone's been diagnosed with something, it almost feels like it had this permanence to it. Like if you've got a diagnosis of depression, that's it. Your name was not Danny anymore. Your name was not Daisy. It was like you were depression. But we don't do that with any of the other physical ailments. Like I've broken my arm, I broke my arm, I went to hospital, it got fixed, I went to physiotherapy and I'm back working as a chef. That's how it works when we understand that with physical thing, but we just don't make that connection with mental health. And a lot of people can have depression, which I'll go into, which is my kind of story, do the work, get the therapy, and then become, you know, back to normal again, or as normal as you want, um, and then carry on and be like a really productive, uh, interactive, brilliant crew member again. Um, so yeah, my kind of story is basically, Lots of accidents, lots of drama, lots of all that kind of stuff, coupled with my own stuff coming into yachting, um, which was basically, I was suffering from depression, um, I had a lot of anxiety, and the best way I knew to deal with it, the only way I knew to deal with it was to just drink it away, party it away, like lots of escapism, lots of like Instagram photos of me on beaches smiling like a Colgate advert. Because like I showed those photos, no one was asking me like, are you okay? They just assumed I was. It was almost like yeah. this mask yeah. put onto yeah. the world. Like, see, I can't be depressed. Like, my life is so beautiful. Like, look at this amazing sunset and, in, and look at the In the yachting, it just makes it so easy to do that. It's the perfect drinking environment. It's the perfect environment to yeah. put your, your bikini shots up and the sunset and the pina colada. So I think... And, I, and like I say, it's not, we're so much further behind than the rest of the world that mental health just isn't recognized the way it is in other industries. And then, and then you're given the perfect mask on top of it. So yeah, it's 100%. Just, yeah, it's, it's a minefield. I think like 
self-selecting like and i'm not gonna bash yachting this is not this is me just commenting on it i'm still in it i'm still a yachty so like i'm not sitting there from afar on top of my kind of like you know mountain of privilege looking down but think how self-selecting we are we're all beautiful there's hardly any kind of like um diversity in terms of color um uh like lgbtq like it's starting to creep up a little bit we're not even allowed to be sick like if you're sick or you're pregnant you're out of yachting we are kind of just yeah. like aside so that the new young healthy beautiful people can like let it, we've got this like hold my beer I've got this yeah <laughs> really strange energy like uh, yeah if you're in any way like that's why I took a sick day on my boat last year and it was the first sick day and I was like do you know what fuck this I was like the boat's under control I'm dying of a flu I was like I'm going to bed. it was the first sick day I'd taken in nine years now maybe I went nine to bed for an, nine Dave. years and I was like, because we don't have time as a chief stew. Yeah, yeah, I don't have time to be sick. Like, I've got shit to and how do. Many times, how many times we're here, just keep going, just push through it because yeah. you have to do it because we can't do without you. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. I'll put myself second and I'll put the boat first. Exactly. And it's no, it's bad job, right, Danny? Like, it's like I can work through a hangover. Okay, that's, I like, yeah. I made the problem of myself, but I can work through illness, <laughs> I can work through everything else, like, what are we talking about? It's 2021. We've put a man on the moon multiple times and we're not allowed to take a sick <laughs> yeah. Like, Yeah. And even with, you know, I can resonate like what you're saying with the whole, you know, mental health. You know, I go through phases and like anyone, I don't think, you know, I was depressed or anything, but I go through phases of, phases of severe anxiety when things are going well in my life. I'm basically like, oh, life is shit. Here we go. And then... Um, <laughs> I wanted to do therapy and I put it off, which is like you said, uh, you know, COVID's like a present in, a, in the sandpaper. I put it off for so long because I was like, no, I'm never in the same area. Like I'm always moving around. I can't go to the same therapist. And suddenly therapy was so um, available online because of COVID. And then it was like, suddenly you can do therapy anyway. But I put that off for so long because I was a yachty and because I wasn't able to do therapy on a regular basis with the same therapist, it just seemed pointless to me. Um, So yeah, it's really crazy what the excuses will come up with because it's like, oh, well, we're yachty, whether, you know, it's, it's a kind of shameful thing or you don't have the time or, you know, whatever it is. And even on charter, sometimes, you know, if you are going to regular therapy, if you're on charter for six weeks, you have to say to your therapist, I need to put this off for six weeks. Um, I can't find an hour of the day. Uh, so it is interesting how, and I, I mean, I'm yeah. like you, I love yachting, but we definitely make far too many excuses um, to kind of put this into a back burner. We do. It's kind of like, it's not so much like a toxic relationship, but there definitely is like a codependency. Like I've used yachting to escape. I've used yachting to, you know, buy houses. Like I've really done well out of yachting. And it's not that I, like I said, I want to bash it and like knock it down. It's just, I just want it to be better. Like if you've gone through something and lived through something and now you can turn around and offer people behind you that are still going through it at hand, like this is how we help our mental health. This is what you can do on board in terms of training. Like if you need access to therapists, like I can tell you who's the best person in France, who's the best person in Parma, who to look for, you know, all of those kinds of things, which like we just need to have the conversation and i think as soon as you start having authentic conversations and showing your vulnerability allowing yourself allowing yourself to be vulnerable allowing yourself not to not be superhuman like the perfect instagram model 24 hours a day just be human like because yeah. i think a lot of people are, are starting to realize that that authentic connection means way more than the, 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 the 
like perfect lifestyle, which let's be honest, it just makes other people at home feel a bit more shit about their lives. Like we know when we're putting up a photo of ourselves, like, you know, hashtag blessed doing our salutations on the <laughs> and everything. You know, like basically if we were a little bit more honest, like my friend wrote a, an article, she was like, I'd have more respect for people if they wrote like, my bum looks really cute in this. I hope you like me because of it. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or when you write Instagram thing, none of that hashtag is crap. Or like, so yeah, I'm know, just part of it. You put up a bikini shot and you're like, yeah, I know I look really hot in this. It took me two hours to do it. And I took it first thing in the morning before I'd eaten. So you better like it yeah. all. Yes. Like, I would honestly, I'd feel more happy looking at that post. Basically, they're still getting what they want, which is that positive feedback loop. But I'm also getting an authentic connection with them, which is just like, yeah, you look hot. And I don't blame you for putting that photo. Your boobs look amazing in Tahiti. Bam. Done. Yeah. Everyone's. Yeah. Well, like I think I, part of what I actually really liked about Below Deck and, you know, one of the, I mean, I did Below Deck because of COVID and I was a bit like anti it, but it, you know, turned out to be a great experience. But one of the things I really enjoyed about it was that it did give this real authenticity to what we do. And yeah. you know, I had so many friends being like, God, you guys work insane hours. I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you this for nine years. <laughs> And, you know, I know that there was a moment when me and Ali were talking about our body issues and, you know, and the, the producers were like, I think that's the moment when a lot of the, the um, audience kind of fell in love with you guys because all of a sudden you're talking about real things. So, yeah, you look super hot in your bikinis, but nobody sees the conversation that you had or the anxiety you were experiencing, you know, 10 minutes beforehand. And, you know, to be in your bikini on, you know, a massive show like that, like for me and Ali especially, it was like, because Danny and Sydney are these like tiny little packages right, for fuck's sake. And I think people, you know, exactly what you're talking about. People well, really enjoyed anymore, so. <laughs> people really enjoyed seeing that kind of like, oh, you know, they're on TV and they're experiencing that, you know, anxiety or that, you know, insecurities as well. And um, yeah, this and that's yeah. yachting and that's kind of what the cool thing yeah. about Low Deck is. 100% because you're creating connections with your audience right and if they feel connected yeah. with you through like you know the lifestyle or just feeling tired or being vulnerable or those moments of real like authentic conversation like that's like you say that's when people fall in love with you and that's when new conversations open up like I think we've been so scared to have the conversations because we start them we're not, we're not okay with being vulnerable we've grown up in this kind of like like kids of the 80s through this capital and now in the 90s and 2000s with loads of exposure you know with instagram with reality tv and everything like that i just think yeah like we need to learn how to have conversations with ourselves and others and, and that's kind of part of what i'm trying to do yeah like uh, my mom's generation for example i have ankles and stuff that they would say you need therapy in a bad way like you know that wouldn't be a thing like you don't go to therapy just because everybody needs to go to therapy you go to therapy because you have some problem that you are not normal let's say um and i think the good thing which i mean if we can say trying to see the positive of covid is that more people are talking about mental health and that is it's, it's a, another pandemic at the moment, um, you know, parallel to COVID as well. We have all the mental health of being in lockdown, of being quarantined, of being, you know, isolated. Um, and as you said on Instagram, I stopped following so many people because, especially moms, you know, they would be like, just had a baby a month ago, but look, I'm on my heels, full makeup, going to a wedding. And I was like, no, you're not. Stop it. <laughs> Show me your blisters. That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. Exactly. 
and the dress that's had like milk leaking through that's the reality of going to that thing like that's what I want to see then I'd feel more relatable to you like you'd be like yes you're a badass babe because you've stuck your heels on even though you had cracked heels and nipples like we authenticity so I guess so you know um and we like to digress on this podcast in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> so I guess we got up to the point where you experienced, you know, your own, you reflecting on your own situation with your own depression and stuff. And is that kind of, is that was something you realized being like, oh, I need help and there's a gap in the market or, or, you know, kind of, yeah, what was the next step after that, I guess? So basically I was like you, I, I needed help, I needed help, I needed help, didn't know how to do it, didn't want to do it. And I basically had a breakdown on a boat. It was a pretty horrific boat. Um, there was loads of um, drugs, there was loads of miscommunications, there was loads of aggression, um, and it just, it broke me. Like, I can't even tell you, I don't even think, I mean, I'd been kind of depressed for about three years, but I'd been suicidal for about 18 months, and I kind of decided in my head, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on a boat because it, no one will find your body that like kind of knows you. I'm going to take a whole load of pills. And while we're doing like a night sail, I'm just going to slip off the back of the boat and they'll find oh God, a stranger. I'm, like, I'm so sorry to hear this. This is so intense. Wow. Uh, and thank you for sharing that because yeah, um, sure. I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to that. Yeah, it was it was pretty dark times. And, you know, this is the thing with suicide. It just it preoccupies so many of your conversations, like your conversations with yourself about how unworthy you are, overtake everything. And it doesn't matter if someone says like, oh, your life's so nice. It's just like, mm. so I've kind of like created the plan. I had the time frame. I had the method. I had everything in place. And then we saved a man coming across from um, from Ibiza to Cannes. And I watched that man when we pulled him out of the water. He was one of the man overboards. I watched him. He was 86. I watched him swim for his life at 86. And I was like, so I remember watching yeah, him. I'm going to start oh. crying. This is like a movie. I've got like shivers. This is crazy. It was. It was a totally crazy. Like he was 86. He'd been in the water for about seven hours, eight hours. We had found him. We'd done the rocket line shooter kind of thing. It landed on his shoulder. We were like, just hold on. We'll pull you in. He was like, absolutely not. Get me the fuck out of here. Because he had been in the water for seven hours. And I remember fascinated watching him thinking he needs to get out of the water. Like, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm going to be in there like that desperate. And like, what if I don't get rescued? And so we kind of got him off to hospital and he, he's absolutely fine. He survived. He's still a badass, like kind of sailor. Um, but it kind of changed everything. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I definitely can't do this to my family. And I don't even think I'll be able to do this. And I, I just, there was one friend who had always been honest about her mental health. We'd always had really honest conversations. She's like, I'm well mental. Like I've been in therapy. I've done this. I've done that. She's kind of like a female Russell Brand, like so open with her life, so open with her experiences. And I just knew there would be no judgment from her. I knew that if I was going to say it to anyone, I could say it to her. And I, I squeaked out the sentence. I don't think I can do this anymore. And she just knew she got hold of my boat. She got me off the boat. She got me into therapy. I slept on her couch for five days while I consistently went to therapy every single day just to kind of like snap me out of it. And it, she, I mean, she effectively saved my life. I, I probably saved my own life by telling her, but just having someone that knew what to say to me, knew when to 
to pull me out when I was kind of beyond everything and then get me into therapy and just give me a safe space to get that recovery going was incredible, like incredible. Um, and so now I did all the hard work. I did the therapy. I'm not perfect. I'm definitely still like, there's st still a lot going on. I'm, you know, well, we're still women. Like, I mean, I think women are always going to be slightly. <laughs> yeah. Have the I mean, underhand when it comes to, well, obviously with men, it's a huge problem because men, I think are more afraid to communicate than women and that women also love to overthink. So I think we're both, uh, yeah, we both have a lot of work to do, both genders. <laughs> Uh, we do. We're complicated creatures. Like, you know, there's just no linear kind of like, oh, I've started recovery and boop, I'm fine. It's exactly the same as like any kind of like physical illness. Like you might have little bumps in the road where like you're doing better than you're doing worse. And then you get flu and you're doing worse again. So, yeah, I kind of like I, I got to a place where I felt strong enough. And then I just started looking around and thinking, God, if I felt like that and I felt so vulnerable, like there's nothing in the industry that can can show you what to do or how to help yourselves. There's nothing as a head of department that you do. If you're a chief stew, like have you had any training in conflict resolution, um, human management, uh, mental health? There's nothing, right? Yeah. Like we're just thrown into these incredibly brilliant opportunities with lots of kind of like also like crazy, brilliant human beings. And we're just expected to get on and get on with it. Um, so yeah, I just thought some formalized training might be good for, for myself. And then when I did it, I realized actually it might be really good for the industry as well. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I think, um, I, you know, I can massively relate to that because I think, you know, I'm 34 and, and, you know, I started therapy this year, but like I said, I didn't have, you know, the tools to do it. I didn't know where to go. And I've had incredibly supportive captains, so I've been very lucky, but I can also massively recognize that not every captain, and I knew it at the time, not every captain was like mine. And... This is Lily, by the way. <laughs> what a tribe. She's in. She's on the podcast. <laughs> Lily. I know. She's part of it. Good. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, I've been, but, you know, you talking about that boat there with the lack of communication and the lack of, you know, the, the intense drug environment and the partying. I've always avoided boats like that because I knew they existed and I was very selective about the boats I went on to. So I'm like, I can party in my own time. I don't need to party while I'm working as well with a mental mm -hmm. captain, with batshit crazy chief stews and chefs. I was like, I can do this all in the pub, in on team. I don't need to do it on my boat as well. <laughs> and I was smart enough, thank God, you know, even at 25 to recognize this. So I have yeah. had very supportive captains, but saying that... I definitely, it was definitely a self-learning journey and, you know, with supportive friends, but having these kind of mini breakdowns, you know, I was never quite to the, the point you were at, um, luckily, and I think what I felt was just normal anxiety as a, as a young female, but I definitely had to figure it out on my own. I had no kind of guidance or direction or, and luckily enough, I was able to figure it out on my own because... You know, I think there are people out there who, who don't know where to go and that's when it gets so bad. You, you know, you get the point of, of breakdowns or suicide or any of those things. Um, so I think it's great that, yeah, there's going to be some direction and, you know, for the, the, the younger people, the lonelier people, the people who struggle more with communication. Yeah. yeah, I actually, I had a, <laughs> sorry, I actually had an episode that I was actually fired from about from, um, an episode that I had and the captain was really supportive. He was like, 
Um, I, I didn't grow up with a father, so he was kind of a father figure. But my chief steward at the time, um, I think she had, she did, she made the right decision uh, because I needed help. But it was quite hard to be fired because of it. Um, I used to drink and I used to let all out when I drink. You know, everything that you keep inside, you don't tell anybody. Yeah, everything. It was horrendous. It was like a really bad situation. I was literally, during the day, I was fine, happy. I was actually really happy on the boat and I really liked everybody. And then I got drunk and then I had fights with everybody, like serious fights, you know, like let everything explode for no reason whatsoever and i was let go because of it and i do i mean i absolutely understand um why she would choose to do that um but yeah after that i started doing therapy and then i got better in regards to the drinking but that was we do need to let those things out because otherwise they come out in a very unhealthy way but I yes, guess the point absolutely. is as well that, you know, she did the right thing by letting you go. But if there were tools in place, like what Emma, you know, is talking about providing, then maybe she could have kept you on, but you still could have gotten the help you needed. But obviously, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's still like at the moment because those workshops and those kind of um, uh, help isn't about that. Yeah, it's like, well, we just have to let you go and you need to go figure this out on your own. Yeah. yeah. I guess at that stage as well, it was, it was um, you know, um, Everybody was like, oh, you've got a problem. We can't help you. Bye. You know, it was kind of like, it's not a problem we, we that we can, can deal with. We so. a problem, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. we don't really know how to figure this out. Exactly. Like, okay, well, I'm on my own. It is. What happened? Like the double shame. You're like, yeah, I know I've got a problem. Now I also don't have a job. Thank you for just yeah. popping <laughs> But that's what it's just like anything that's slightly remotely ugly or inconvenient we're like shh, just like push them off the yeah. back of the boat get someone new and pretty and like that's not what we need we all need to feel connected and not like irreplaceable and stuff but yeah like having those tools in order that you can have conversations like if someone is uh, has an eating disorder or alcohol or drug dependency conversation that help that person and keep them like on track and hopefully keep them as a crew member because if you've got like those two sides and like let's be honest I mean well sorry let me take that back I have definitely been that person Danny like you know all sunshine and sparkles in the day and then as soon as I start drinking I'm drinking with intent and I didn't mean to hurt anyone I think the person I wanted to hurt the most was myself but like woo, the demons all came out when the red wine came out like day drunk Emma was just god no one wanted to hang around that I was just in pain and I can see it with so many other people like it's exhausting to be around like on the, the one side but also like no yeah. one who's happy is drinking to that level no one if you yeah. are happy and contented and you've got good relationships in your life you're not getting that drunk that you're blackout drunk like it just doesn't yeah. and recognizing that and then just seeing that you know that person's in pain like if someone was walking down the side deck doing provisions you're doing you know chaining your provisions and they started limping after a weekend everyone would be able to have the like the conversation like oh danny what's wrong with your ankle you'd be like oh i hurt it on the weekend and that's an open brilliant conversation but if everyone like yeah. drinking all weekend and like there's kind of like a shame and a stigma around it it's like oh don't look at danny like, da, 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 da. like yeah have the confidence or the vocabulary or the 
or the training to have a conversation like Danny what happened this weekend like you're such an amazing friend like can we have a conversation about it and sometimes that's all it needs to be like you nip it in the bud really early with the confidence that you get from this training like let's have a chat about it and you know those conversations lead to lead to either help or therapy or care or change in behaviors or you know feeling more positive like oh I feel really like insecure on this boat don't we love you like we all love you da, 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 da. and then it can just be nipped yeah. in the bud and that person will have a better experience on the boat and then the boat will have a better experience with that person. It's just, for me, it just makes complete sense. And what is the training? What are the courses like, Emma? What, what can you expect from them and what, what do you offer? Okay, so we've got two courses, a half-day mental health awareness course, which is about four hours. Um, we do most of those online, can do them on board. And that's basically like an introduction to mental health. Like, what does it mean? Like, what are our understandings of it? It's like, what are the stigmas attached to it? How do we break those down? How do we start to have real, authentic conversations? So that's kind of like a broad strokes, four-hour, um, I think, for me, like my long-term goal is that every single crew member will have to do the, the half-day uh, mental health awareness as part of their STCW. And then we've got the kind of the more, um, the two-day course, which is like, again, four, like four and a half hour courses uh, done over two days. Again, we can do them online. It's not ideal. It's fine with yachting and everything, but I much prefer doing them in person. Um, and through that, we take you like into a deeper dive. So we start talking about mental health. We start talking about stigma. We have like really good conversations in the beginning, but then we start taking things like, like specifically like how to talk to someone that you uh, think is suffering depression, what a, a panic attack looks like, how to treat someone with anxiety, um, eating disorders, drug dependency, and it goes through. And it's kind of the same framework. They're kind of great for maybe like heads of departments, you know, people who are responsible for other people. Um, exactly. Yeah, first officers. It's made for, for heads of departments. It's two days. It's kind of like, you know, we do the, um, the general and then those people have to do the, um, so cute, Lily, <laughs> totally stealing the show. Um, uh, yeah, like they have to then do advanced firefighting and advanced medical. Like this would be when they would also do the two day. I was going to um, say, yeah, I guess that's your goal is to get that introduced into yeah like if you want your chief chief officer's ticket or whatever this is a mandatory um yeah course you need to take as part I of your I would do it, but realistically, the deck always have so many courses to do. Like they already have. So until it becomes mandated and part of like, you know, the what you have to do, I don't think we're going to get much take up on that. We'll get people that are interested and want to expand. The chiefs, you, you know, like, like we lack a, a massive amount of responsibility, and the chiefs' you's role, I think, is becoming more and more important. At least, you know, in the line years I've been doing it, and um, before they were just like, oh, whatever, the chiefs' you, and now it's like the boat's sinking. Get the chiefs' you. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't get paid enough for this. So, you know, maybe there's room to kind of push it, um, especially yeah. being female, because we're, you know, we're we're more approachable with things like that, and and. Um, you know, I think it's easier for us. So, you know, maybe there's a room for that and kind of going, you know, if you want to be a cheese shoe, this is, because we have to do secure, you know, for bigger boats, we're, we're made to do um, security awareness. We're made to do um, like HACCP and things like this, any charter boat. Yeah. So why not make that mandatory? 
I mean, that's that's the goal, right? Like you're in charge of people. There should be one mental health first aider on board. It goes up onto the crew board or it goes into the crew mess. Like this is the person you talk to. And then long term, I hope that there's so many people doing it that, you know, you guys can create a network like you, whoever you do your course with, those 12 people will become your kind of like your for want of a better word, like an NCT group for like new mothers. Like we've, you've gone through it together. So then you and you, uh, 11 other chief stews or like a chef, an engineer, you, other chief stews, you all become each other's kind of like um, self-sustaining support group. Like, hey guys, like, I'm, you know, I've got a problem with a crew member. Like, has anyone else experienced that? And then you've got that, you've got that training, that initial two-day training, but you've also met other people that are into mental health that are also still currently working in yachting that are also going to be going through circumstances where they feel unprepared or they just need a little bit of help. So you're going to get that as well by the end of training, which... Yeah, I think is really important. And I just, you know, when you believe in something so much, I'm like, I can see the product. I know the product is amazing or the service. I can see that the, like the audience is there desperately needing it. I'm just trying to like fill in the gaps, which is why it's so amazing to do stuff like this. So thank you for the opportunity. No, of course. It was obviously a mutual friend of ours who put us in touch and, you know, thought it would be an interesting topic, which it turns out it is a very interesting topic. And obviously <laughs> you get people who are interested in yachting, listening to us and people you know, you know, it's obviously a worldwide thing, recognizing mental health. And um, no, I think you're absolutely onto a winner. And, you know, unfortunately with businesses and um, as entrepreneurs, it, it, t it does take a while to get there and to get your name out there. And, you know, obviously we're very happy to help. Uh, but I think, no, I think you're onto a winner. I think, you know, five years time, it's going to be mandatory and you're going to be like, look, I told you so. And <laughs> You know, it's, it is, it's, it's changing. And like we said, you know, kind of at the beginning, these, these captains going, you know, how are you dealing with mental? I honestly was shocked when this captain asked me, I couldn't believe it. And he was a young captain. He was probably not much older than me, maybe 40. And, um, it is obviously definitely becoming recognized. And I think most captains in the next five to 10 years are going to see the, the importance of it. And they don't want to have to deal with you know, a suicide no. or having to let people go. So it's in their benefit as well, whether it's a selfish benefit. Um, you know, that's, that's You're uncomfortable. So Dealing with the girl, you know, with anorexia. And, and it's weird because everyone knows she has anorexia and it's kind of this elephant in the room. And, you know, at lunchtime, she's like, oh, I'm going to my cabin. And everyone's like, this is really uncomfortable. And you kind of all yeah. just suffer through it. Um, what? You know, or, yeah, you have so. to, right? Yeah, yeah. And no, what's that? Think... You're only as strong as your weakest link. So if you've got someone that's like massively troubled or going through something, like that's why I think we get kind of pushed out so quickly because we just can't have weak links in your. But actually, accepting to be weak is to be human is is the kindest thing we can do to ourselves and the industry. Um, yeah, like no let's just be time. more real. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And um, no, I think it's uh, really encouraging what you're trying to do. And I'm glad um, somebody's kind of recognizing that gap. And yeah, I, yeah, I think I think you're going to go on to to save lots of people, uh, hopefully. Like, that's the kind of dream, right? Like, if, if I can save one person, then like someone save me, then my job is done. Like, that's all I need to do. And if I can have better conversations and leave the industry that I adore, that has given me incredibly beautiful things in my life, if I can leave it better than I found it, then my job is done. Like, I'm happy. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think um, you will. I definitely think you're going to be helping a lot of people out there. And yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really encouraging. I wish, you know, obviously I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a really good place at the moment. I'm sure I'll have another breakdown. Anna. <laughs> but what the funny thing about like me kind of helping myself is I'm like, no, the important thing is I'll recognize when I am having a breakdown and what to do. Whereas before yeah. you just kind of suffer through it and wait for it to end. Um, but yeah. I wish, you know, that kind of those tools were in place for when I was younger because, yeah, especially, you know, our generation, it's really only started to, being talked about in the last kind of five years. And um, so for Absolutely. us 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was definitely not spoken about it or recognized. And you just kind of woke up being like, I'm sad today and I don't know why. And I'm going to go drink and kind of, you know, get through <laughs> it and hope, hope you make it out the other end alive. Um, but now yeah. it's much more pleasant being able to recognize why you're sad and it's okay to be sad. And yeah, um, no, I think it's incredible. Just that accepting, like, you're going to be sick in your life, whether that's a physical illness or a mental health illness. Just know two things that it's, you're going to have it and it's going to be okay if you get the right treatments. If you get the right treatment for a broken ankle or a broken brain, you will be fine. There's no permanence to anything if you're getting the right treatment and you feel supported and you feel connected to people. It's only when we feel like we're doing it on our own, like no one would ever go through kind of like leukemia and chemo on their own, it just wouldn't happen. So why are we still like letting people go through depression and suicidal ideation on their own or eating disorders on their own? Like let's just be kinder. Like it can be a much more connected, kinder world if we're just more honest with ourselves. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing um, your story. That was very, very emotional. I was like, oh God, uh, but an incredible story. And I'm glad, you know, you're feeling better and you're, you know, you're using your experience to help, you know, other people. I guess the last thing is where can people find you, you know, um, if they're interested in reaching out or want to introduce your workshop to their boat, um, I guess let people know, yeah, where they can find you. Yeah, so a couple of ways to get a hold of us. So obviously on Instagram, at uh, Seize the Mind, S-E-A-S-T-H-E-M-I-N-D, Seize the Mind. And then we have a website as well where you can uh, find out more information, um, how to get training on your boats, a little bit more information about how what we do, um, how the training works and everything. And that's www.seizethemind.co.uk. So yeah, just kind of get in touch, see if it's going to be something that fits you and your world. Um, you can do it individually and fit into one of our um, uh, sessions I'm doing a lot through Blue Water now um, or even better kind of you know maybe float that as a as a, a really good crew training with um, with your captain and see if you can get like you know multiple people on the boat trained and and do something that kind of shows investment in your crew and uh, your team and all of that kind of stuff so yeah there's a couple of ways to do it just see what fits for you and then yeah reach out and find me on those two platforms. Well, that's brilliant, Emma. Thank you so much again for joining us. And oh, Danny's gonna pop in to say goodbye, I think. And um, she was just with Lily. Um, is she gonna come in? Is she coming in? I'll message her. Um, <laughs> oh, here she is. <laughs> Danny, we, we are literally just wrapping up. If you wanna say goodbye, or if there's anything else you wanna add. You're on mute, by the way. <laughs> this, is, this is the technical <laughs> difficulties we have. <laughs> She's oh, got her hands full with Billy. Um, yeah. 
but yeah no thanks again um emma and yeah we hope to have you back on in the future and yeah wish you it's super interesting i find it i you know i can never get tired of talking about topics like this because everyone can relate to it we just choose not to (laughs) but actually everyone is experiencing it so yes thank you again and yeah have a great week you too thank you danny thank Thank you you. daisy bye danny bye lily (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha